Welcome to another episode of On My Grown, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Rodney Boyd. And uh, today, due to scheduling conflicts, we don't have Melanie with us. She is uh, busy grinding for her dream. Uh, I believe she's working a, a production uh, today. So, um, you know, we, we, we unfortunately, we won't have her today, but she'll be back next week. Uh, but guys, I'm excited for the episode we have for you today. But before I get to that, um, with this episode, this is our 91st episode, so we are we are quickly approaching 100. And for our 100 episode, we had talked about doing a live show, but I also want to set the goal that by episode 100, I want 100 reviews in our in our iTunes um, podcast app. So right now, I want to say we're at 49 or 50. So we're not too far away, but I need everybody to go in there. And if you've laughed just a little bit at one episode, I need you to go to on your iPhone, you know, go to the Apple podcast app and leave us a review. We want 100 by 100 episodes, and that's going to be around mid, mid-April, mid I believe. So anyway, back to uh, today's episode, I have um, my line brother and his uh, his lovely girlfriend uh, joining us today, and um, they will be t- telling us their uh, their dating story. They actually met on uh, Tinder. And so, you know, with the rise of dating apps and everything, I wanted to explore um, a Tinder success story. So today we have Brendan, Brendan and Ariana joining us. Brendan and Ariana, y'all want to introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up the, on my growners? I'm Brendan. Uh, I'm 27, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Went to Morehouse with Rodney. I graduated in 2012. And I'm Ariana. I'm 26. I am a master's student in sociology at the University of Amsterdam. Graduated from Georgia Tech in 2013. And hometown? Don't really have one. I hate this question, to be honest. But I lived in Atlanta after graduating. So. And I forgot to say what I do, actually, like why, why I'm out here in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm a product manager for Booking.com. So yeah, that's what I do. Chatbots, mobile apps, stuff like that. So they're they're expats. Um, they're they're living in Amsterdam. So we're doing this interview on Sunday, and it's like eight o'clock their time. So we'll we'll dive more into that a little later. But um, you know, let's let's get back to the original purpose of this uh, episode: uh, dating apps. Uh, if you all can each kind of say like, what made you start using apps? Well, me personally, I have always been. Uh, a digital nomad of sorts. And uh, <laughs> I've been on the digital dating game for a while now. I think I started in Humble Beginnings on BlackPlanet.com with my little profile page. How old were you? Black Planet. This was like middle school. I was on Black Planet. It was like MySpace, but you were meeting random girls in there too, though. You meet girls in Atlanta, and you kind of like will meet up or something. I don't know. Meet up, meet up at the movie theater. Catch a little share matinee. Did you meet anyone? Probably, but I don't really remember. To be That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. I don't know <laughs> if I like met people, but you like see people around and you be like, oh, you know, it was like MySpace or Facebook. But wasn't middle school the time when it's like, don't meet up with people you meet on the internet? But we were hanging out in public places, like we would go to the teen clubs or like. Uh, or the movie. You act like people don't get kidnapped in public all the time. Not like I was going on a date. I was in middle school. I wasn't taking nobody out. <laughs> but this, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the classification of middle school dating is, but then, you know, that went to MySpace, to Facebook inboxes, to Twitter DMs, to Instagram, and then ended up on Tinder. So I guess I moved to apps when they invented smartphones <laughs> to answer that question. Um, I was on Tinder after I graduated from college. I moved abroad for a few months, came back. All of my friends were still in their jobs or at school, and I had no one to hang out with. So I got on Tinder hoping to meet people in Macon, Georgia, which is where I was living with my parents. To be honest, I didn't actually think anything would come of it. It was more just out of boredom. Okay. So so were you one of those people who was like, hey, you know, I'm just here for friends? Yeah, pretty much. Did you make any friends from Tinder or? I did not in Macon though. So I would make uh, trips to okay. Atlanta and then all of those people, I guess, would queue up in my thing since the radius shrunk. 
And then by the time yeah. I went back to Macon, I'd still be swiping through Atlanta people. But yeah, I, I have made a couple okay. friends from Tinder. Quite who? New news to me. Oh, okay. I'm gonna take that off, take that offline. <laughs> Um, have you like what have y'all only used Tinder or were there were y'all on y'all y'all know about Soul Swipe? Yeah, I heard about that. I wasn't on it. Yeah. Okay. I think Soul Swipe might have come around after we were dating Loki. I don't know. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so I was never really on Soul Swipe. I think Tinder really the only dating app I ever used seriously. You didn't use your digital nomading time to go and, and, and explore those other apps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean uh, yeah, we're talking about dating apps, specifically dating apps. Actually, there was there was a dating app that I used. It was real ratchet. It was like a notif- It was a recommendation from a friend. It was like, yo, check out this, this app. And I think I met up with a girl at the Waffle House, uh, <laughs> in like South Atlanta once, like down the street from Warehouse. And I was, what app was it? Like never again. I don't remember. My first, so many questions. This was, so yeah, this must have been when I was still in school, I guess. Because we met up around Morehouse. Why I was on a dating app in the AUC, I don't know. Boredom. Why was it so bad that she was the reason you said no to the app? Well, overall, the app was the app was ratchet. I mean, like the 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 people on there were ratchet. I'm up <laughs> He's a so. part of the uh, bourgeoisie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm tender bourgeois bourgeoisette, whatever it is. I'm, how you say that? Bourgeoisie. So. What is it like meeting up with someone from Tinder? You know, and and you know, kind of saying, you know, not excluding who you know you all meeting. What was it like meeting up with other people? What were any precautions you all took? I guess when meeting. Well, I, I have male privilege, so I don't take precautions when I meet people. Maybe Ari is better better suited to answer that question. Uh, fair enough. Actually, when I met Brennan, I brought a friend with me in case Brennan's software was creepy or whatever. So that it wasn't a completely wasted day. Because like I said, I was living in Macon. Drove to Atlanta, actually. Um, yeah, so I was like, if he sucks, I'm not going to wow. like, be out of it a whole day. Sorry, I didn't answer the question. I guess in terms of safety precautions, like always meet in a public place. Um, um, yeah, if you get bad vibes, just don't even bother. Actually, I have, some, I have some, some, some tips in terms of meeting up. I would say like always go somewhere you want to go anyway, so it, so it's not like a waste, you know. Okay. If you just like if if there's a restaurant that you've been wanting to go to, yeah, just go out and invite invite a tender date. It don't have to be nothing like yeah, you know, out of the way for no date. Just go somewhere that you know you're gonna enjoy. Period. I agree. I invited you to that little dragon concert and you turned me down. Yep. Cause I want to go. Uh, so how long were you all on like Tinder before you met each other? Yeah, how long were you on Tinder? I don't know. Like a, I don't even know if a month, maybe a couple weeks. I've been on and off Tinder for a while now. I think I first got on Tinder in like 2013, back when I was living in Paris. I remember it was so early on Tinder that me and my roommate swiped through everybody in Paris in, in like an hour. <laughs> You know, you get to the end of the stack and you gotta wait till the next day. That's kind of how. That's kind of what we were on. We had to wait for some new signups. <laughs> but I think actually, uh, I probably had just gotten back on Tinder, probably no more than a month before I met Ari. I think. So, like Melanie in the past episode, she was talking about like she hasn't met anyone new. You know, everybody she's. But like in the last year, I guess everybody she's like romantically or you know just went out on a date with, she knew previously. Is it is it hard or weird to like meet people not using Tinder? Mm, it depends on the city. To be quite honest with you, okay. I was just talking with somebody about this. Uh, it must have been last night, night before last. We were out talking about Tinder, and um, like for example, I, I feel like when you live in New York, or my friends in New York, I feel like they don't have any hard time meeting anybody. Everyone's always hanging out, going out. You yeah. just cross so many paths, especially with a lot of different, like, you know, black professionals or folks, like, in our age group. It's just real easy. Whereas um, Atlanta's a spread-out city. 
you know, it's kind of harder to meet people outside of your your friend group. And especially like, you know, if you're an expat or living abroad, like I was when I first got on Tinder, I'm not gonna lie, I think I was I was lonely, so I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so how much time and thought did you put into your profile for Tinder? Well, I'm not that photogenic, so picking photos for me was kind of quick. <laughs> <laughs> you only had you only had a handful of good photos. A handful of like my go-to photos, you know, the photos that were already my um, Facebook profile pictures at some point. But yeah, her photos weren't that good, bro. She had a lot of blurry photos. She almost got swiped left. So, to be fair, Brennan also almost got swiped left because of his photo choice. Well, okay, whatever. Um, I did. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to ask Ari. Well, did you put much into a bio, or was it kind of like I'm on here? Like I think my bio was off the cuff, random. I don't remember. Do you remember what my bio was? Yeah, I mean, just for, like, historical purposes, we've been dating for almost four years now. So I don't really remember her bio. I just remember these blurry, <laughs> pixelated photos. They were blurry. You keep saying that. They, they weren't. They were blurry. They were blurry. But it is what it is. He also likes to tell people he thought I was a catfish. Because she had an Android phone. You know how Android phones used to be four years ago? No, it's because it's I didn't have full body shots. That was part of it, too. I also... I, I stand by this creed that, like, if a girl has something good to show, she will show it on her Tinder profile. Therefore, if it's not shown, it ain't, it ain't what you're trying to see. So, you know, you were hiding a lot. You had some blurry photos, and I was like, eh, I'm a roll of dice. So, Brennan, you okay. so when you actually were swiping through, you were examining people. Because, you know, a lot of guys, um, well, I guess they – at the time you were using Tinder, it was different, but I guess they, you know, they didn't monetize everything about Tinder now, but, um, you know, like you had unlimited swipes. So like a lot of guys, they would just go, I swipe right. And whoever, you know, like if I match with someone ugly, I just, you know, unmatch. You're right. So it was a numbers game. Right. And I work in tech. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was, I was low did key. I did. Did you? So I was. She's trying right. to play. So I was always trying to outsmart the system, because Tinder is about ranking, right? Okay. Like you know the whole saying, like eights date eights, seven date seven. Tinder does the exact same thing, wow. right? So I know. So I know how. I used to know how to get my profile to be like on the top rank. You know, when you first sign up and they're trying to show you the good catches in the uh-huh. city. That's why I wanted my profile. <laughs> I want people to download Tinder and be like, oh, they got Brennan's in their Ooh, give this app. That's what I was trying to be. So I don't know where I was going with that, but basically. That idea doesn't translate into photo choices, though. It translates to my swipe behavior. That's where I was going with it. Okay. So, I, first of all, I, yeah, I didn't just swipe, 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 swipe. That wasn't my thing. I used to analyze, but also, I would only used to like swipe as many profiles as I matched with. And I remember back then, whenever you opened the app, the first few profiles you saw were the people that you had matched with. Okay. So I would like swipe till I like to about, I don't know, however many people I matched with. And the second I got like two no matches in a row, I closed the app and then I let my matches build back up. So that's how I stayed with my ma- with my swipe to match ratio being high. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. I got, I got, I got tidbits. I was, I was tender. I told you, hey, digital nomad. I don't really know what that term means, but that's what I'm around yeah. with. No, I, I, I mean, honestly, when I, when we, I thought to do this interview, I did not. I, I, I know you, you work in tech, but I didn't think like you would be able to provide that type of insight. Like this is something people need to know. I, I guess you're not familiar too familiar with, I guess, the Tinder algorithm. Now, like I said, they've pretty much monetized everything you talked about. No, but I'm I'm still like a little uh, part-time tenant consultant, so I'm still aware of the game. Okay, okay. Because now they don't do that thing anymore, so they were trying to give you instant gratification. Yeah. So every time you open the app, you saw uh, a match, and that's what they were trying to do back then, right? But they don't do that anymore. Right. So actually, what you do is they have these third-party apps 
where you can see everybody who swiped you uh, without going without going on Tinder. So what I recommend people to do in order to get their their uh, swipe to match ratio up is that they download these apps and instead of actually swiping on Tinder, you just keep matching with everyone that uh, that matches with you, basically. Or if you could just use Tinder like a normal person, then everything <laughs> will be fine. I promise you. Well, we both got here, right? Right. So uh, I guess both both methods work. Right. <laughs> but I think it speaks to kind of you know uh, the world of dating and how as a man, it's it's. I think it is important to be strategic. You know. You got here, you know, from using a strategy, but, you know, Ari was able to get here, you know, just kind of using it. No, no, no. I had a strategy also. Oh, I'm sorry. It was it wasn't, it, it, not as good. It just wasn't about algorithms, but it was about, like, is this person attractive? Do they look like a kind person? Does it look like they respect women? Are they about something? Like, are they intelligent? Wait, 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 wait. There's someone that I would like want as a friend if the romantic part doesn't work out. Like, there's more to balance. Wait, all right. What is a uh, what is a picture that uh, of a man that respects women look like? Your I boy. Think, <laughs> uh, I think an easier question would be what is the opposite. Okay. Yeah. What is the opposite? Does he has strippers around him? Okay. Like. Like some people just look like I don't know things that you told me I can't say. She's being an elitist right now. She's being bougie. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I feel like there, yeah, there's a ton of different strategies. You know, I think this the, the swipe 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 game isn't the best for you because then you don't end up seeing as many attractive women. That's my theory. Okay. I think you. I think you like go down in their algorithms. It's like the swipe to match ratio. Dang. But, uh, but now that I think about it, you played into my strategy. Like you were also going through my strategy, knowing how it would be perceived. Brennan had a photo in like a Harvard T-shirt or Harvard sweatshirt oh, wow. <laughs> next to two white. <laughs> like that was one of his photos, and he said strategically he wanted people. Oh, oh I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. I, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, Brennan, tell us about your profile. So, I thing is, I uh, I I noticed these like cultural differences, right? So when I came back from overseas and came back to Atlanta, I saw that Atlanta Tinder was a bit more segregated per se. Like I don't really know how to how to how it obviously it's not segregated because everyone's swiping the same, but it's just different, right? It was like different tenders. and there wasn't that many black women on Atlanta Tinder at the time. This was like early 2014. So what I did was obviously I wanted white women to feel comfortable around me. So I had photos with me (laughs) and white women on my profile. And of course my match rate went up. I'm just saying. But I also had, I didn't want to look, I didn't want to look like a a traitor either. So I also had another photo with me and black women, all smiles, looking happy. Was that the one at the table? No, I think that was one. On, it was like an old spring break photo from school. So I had a uh, LinkedIn photo where you crop them out. Yeah, it was that same photo. I oh think. my gosh, it was that same photo. So I, um, uh, yeah, so I had the best of both worlds. I was trying to. I think I had a strategy. One, it was like a photo that was like extra silly to make that make you think that okay, it's cool, it's fun to hang out with. Then I had a photo to make me uh, look tall. I think I had a photo in a suit. He had a photo on a pier, on a pier how do you say it? Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Dock. It's like a dock. Oh, yeah, pier. Like up on a thing, and it was black and white, and I think it said uh, Tommy Hilfiger. It said Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren. So, you know, at the time, I had a running joke still from school <laughs> that I was a Ralph Lauren model. You put it inside your phone, too. You put it. Because my, my Facebook exactly. profile for years, <laughs> Said that I worked at Ralph Lauren as a model. It used to say that, like all through college, and then obviously, like I didn't, I don't change my Facebook like that. I had Facebook in high school, so it just it kept it going, and uh, it was supposed to be a conversation starter. I know exactly the photo you're talking about, so it's, it's just funny that uh, that it worked. <laughs> that it worked. 
So what, she's mentioned you had a Harvard shirt on. Yeah, at, at the time, it didn't it didn't feel so crazy. Now it does feel crazy that I had a Harvard T-shirt on. But at the time, I was still like not very uh, graduated recently. Thought I was gonna go to Harvard Law. You know, I was over here over overseas in business school. And then when I went back to school, I was like, nah, school's too hard. I'm not doing this no more. <laughs> so so that photo was from before I realized that like post-grad school is no joke. So I still thought I was going to Harvard Law School and I had my t-shirt and didn't feel crazy. In hindsight, it's pretty crazy that I had a Harvard Law photo on my Tinder profile. But <laughs> it worked. At the end of the day, everything I did worked. Yeah, no, Brennan, you sound uh you you really uh you were really out here being strategic with it and and then you offer consulting to this day. That's interesting. So, another thing just on one last point on the strategy is that like I always believe and this was from I think uh I don't know, my entrepreneur in me. I always felt like the first goal of your first Tinder profile is to convert to a swipe. So to get the user to swipe to the second photo, because a lot of people okay. don't swipe, right? A lot of people don't actually look through profiles. So I yeah. always had a photo that was interesting enough, but that you had to swipe to the second photo. And then once you started swiping, then you were gonna see all my photos and you were gonna read the profile. Right, right, right. Like, oh, it's got. If you could get to that second photo, then you are more likely to go check out the other photo. Exactly. So all my strategies was combined into one photo. I think my first photo was a photo of me jumping on my friend who was a white girl, but you could obviously see that I was much bigger than her so that I was tall, but you also could see me having a good time. You were laughing, but you also couldn't see my face that well, so you had to swipe. <laughs> I don't know if Ari remembers this photo, but it had all of the strategy into one. Wow. I actually would have gone for a different strategy. I would have had your most attractive photo first, swipe to the next one, that's like whatever you prioritize second, like um, being about something or being funny or interesting or something. And then the next photo, like a picture with your mom or like a picture with a puppy. I hear a lot of success from the mom pictures. I've never personally taken that route, but I have heard a lot of uh, positive reviews from mom photos on Tinder working. Wow. I love mom photos. Hmm. So... Anything else? Any other any other things y'all want to reveal about strategy? This is more this is more interesting to me than than anything. You know, as someone who is uh not in the world of dating apps too much, I think this is really what's going to. Okay. I think you can't get on Tinder expecting to find a husband. Okay. I think you should go on Tinder with the mindset that you're going to meet cool people, and hopefully one of them will work out. Okay. I would say the same in a bit different uh, different language. Okay. Well, you know, you go on Tinder expecting to meet uh, women and have fun nights out on the town. And, <laughs> and nothing much more than that. But if you keep doing that, then you'll find the one. You'll, you'll, you know, don't, don't overshoot it. Don't be trying to shoot from full court. Do the nice little layups and then you'll realize, oh, wait a second, I really enjoyed that layup. Let me take that back. And uh, you know, don't, I, I'm okay. saying is don't don't put Tinder on a pedestal that you're gonna find love, but you can find love on Tinder. Okay. What? Right. So, go ahead. And you can also use Tinder um, in ways other than it was meant for. Actually, like. Um, yeah, but that's creepy. So no, don't do creepy. that. <laughs> like if you travel, for example, um, just go on Tinder and find people to hang out with for like the weekend that you're there. Or find a find someone who's going to a party, or yeah, I think that's a normal thing to do. Oh yeah, because they have like the groups on Tinder now. Oh yeah, they do have groups. We did that over once, yeah. What are groups? I'm not familiar. Yeah, you add friends. Like so, when we traveled with uh, with us and some of my boys over here, we went on Tinder and you form a group of people. Like I don't know, up to four. And you can swipe other groups of four and you can like meet up and hang out with people while you're at, while you're in different cities or if you're traveling on vacation. Wow. That is very interesting. 
Yeah, but even if you don't want to do groups, like you can just put explicitly clear in your bio, I'm not looking for anything sexual, maybe, and just say I'm in Valencia for the weekend. Let me know if you want to hang out. And as a woman, I've done this with women and men. Okay, that and may you, work if you're traveling. No, but the, yeah, if you're traveling, it does work. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll do it not traveling because that's kind of weird. <laughs> maybe. And, and on the last point of strategy, I know we're going on and on and on on this, but I would also say when I was talking about like only swiping the people that like already liked you or whatever, getting your, your ratio out, I think in that same breath, don't match with too many people. That's where a lot of people make the mistake of. So I found at least with myself that you can't keep a lot of interesting conversations going and then a lot of like conversations or matches just go to waste or they kind of fall through the cracks or you have a lot of matches that that you ain't talked to a minute and you try and hit a girl up six weeks after you match with her and she's like, "Uh uh-uh, you know how black women, all women are, right? So I would just say like, you know, if you can, if you can have two, three conversations at a time, match with two, three conversations at a time, take those to their sort of end point or whatever, and then swipe again. And I found that to be really uh, manageable. You were, like, really out here on Tinder. Uh, yeah, well, I, I've been on Tinder since 2013, so mm. been on and off. He was one of the forefathers. Yeah, yeah. I was early adopter. All right. So what made you swipe right on each other's profiles? If she you had with a, she had a photo with a guitar. Ah, okay. And Brennan is into music and makes music. Yeah, yeah, I'm into music, and she was kind of pretty. I couldn't really tell, like, if she was pretty, but I didn't think she was not pretty from the photo. Like the stuff, the photos were blurry and stuff. But I was like, <laughs> I can't really see a lot, but she looks like she could be real bad. And so, like, and also, I think she didn't really have. A photo where I could really see her body, you know. So I didn't know she was bad built or not, but I didn't see that she was not bad built. <laughs> and then the guitar, normally I would have been like swipe left, because like I said, if you know, if you got something good to show, I feel like women always find a way to show it off on Tinder at least. But then I said, you know, she got the guitar, had a little smile, I could see a little blurry smile. So let me swipe right and see, see what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I swiped. Right for Brendan. Eventually, I feel like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in this decision because in some photos he looked okay, in other photos I wasn't sure. But he seemed like he was cool, but I think I got vibes of like just weird sense of humor or trying too hard, or I didn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. No, she told me she thought I was uppity. She thought I was. No, I, I thought that after we started talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> She but messaged I, me first, I think by it, the way. I did. I think in my oh, head, wow. I was just like, it doesn't matter. We're not going to end up married. Might as well swipe right. And I did. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So what was that first message? I think I asked him a question about one of his stupid photos. Yeah, yeah. It was she, about, uh, like, the beach. Like, where where were you in this photo? So, in the rough I, I, like, I, had, I was in the process of, of, like, like I said, I had too many, too many, uh, too many matches, or whatever. So I didn't, I wasn't having conversations, and so she ended up messaging me, and then she was like, "Oh, uh, nice photo in the you know beach photo I had," and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's uh, from Etretat in France, over there in Normandy, or something like that." All I did was say where the photo was. But apparently, mm-hmm. from that, she was kind of turned off by my uh, by my. No, you, it's because Brian was so booming. fond about. Active like you were but, not, but, it, but it wasn't from that same that I deduced oh, this. Oh, well, please let it me was know. over time. Oh, go ahead, elaborate. Well, this has nothing to do with Tinder, so it's on top. We can do that to this later. All right. <laughs> All right. What was the question? What was that first message like? What What made you message him first? Just that you were interested in a photo? <clears throat> Actually, not at all. I don't know. Future shot, I guess. So that's a lesson, you know, number one on Tinder. Women, shoot your shot. You may fall in love. Yeah, it worked out for you. Brennan, what were some of your, uh, what were some of the lines you dropped as first messages on your matches? 
that led to uh, dates and further conversation. I think that's a, that's a that's a point I think a lot of people probably struggle with is they get the match, but then they don't know what to say. Yeah, no, I feel you. So I I I took a tip from a friend of mine because I also like wasn't very good at, at opening matches, and he I, unfortunately I didn't get to break this out with uh, with with Ariana, but. What he told me was he put me on game. He said, yo, just make up a nickname and, like, say that nickname with a bunch of exclamations and, like, hard eye emojis. And surprisingly, that works very well. So so if you see a girl on there named, I don't know, Rebecca, you say, Rebby! Exclamation, exclamation, emojis. And respond back like, oh, my friends call me Rebby. How'd you know? <laughs> it just works. I don't know. It's so dumb, but it works. <laughs> All you just, just do is make up a dumbass nickname. And then, uh, <laughs> it works. Um, so... Ari, what were some of the, I guess, were, did you ever get any good lines or any, like, fun, you know, like, first messages you were like, oh, wow, this was a good starter? To be honest, I don't remember. Okay, fair enough. It's been, it's been, it's been some, some years. So. I, I can't remember generally, like, I think one person um, asked, like, a knock-knock joke. And the joke was actually pretty funny. So that one was cool. Um... I guess usually when people ask you questions about yourself from your photos, do not ask WYD. I hate that. <laughs> WYD, like what are you doing? Yeah. Or just say like a dry hey. Hi. Or you just make up a nickname and sound really excited. Girls love excitement. Um, so what was you all's first date, I guess, and, and how long between, I guess, when you exchanged your first message, did the date happen? Two, three weeks between when we matched and when we met up. I think we were maybe messaging each other on Tinder for like a week. Yeah, I think it was a little bit longer than that, actually. I think it was, it was close to a, close to a month. Yeah, I think we had been messaging each other on Tinder but not frequently because you know you don't get um, well I didn't get push notifications um, so there was a lot of time between messages and then eventually we gave each other our numbers and started texting each other and then I think shortly after that we met up what was it? what did you all do on your first date we went to a beer fest in Atlanta which I didn't want to go to actually because like I said I had to drive an hour and a half to get to Atlanta and I hate beer Dang. So I was like, it's, it's a it's a full Dang. day. I have to pay like thirty five dollars to get into this place where I'm not going to drink anything and be around drunk people for a guy I've never met. So why did you? Do? It just felt like a lot. Yeah. But this is why I said I, this is why I said I brought my friend because so I was like, it's gonna be a day that I'm gonna have fun, regardless of you. It's interesting that you chose to do that because if I really didn't oh, want to be actually, somewhere, I don't think I would. Wait, actually, I forgot to say. That Brennan didn't even ask me out. He he kind of like was like, "Oh, I'll be at the beer fest if you want to come through." <laughs> that should have been a red flag. I don't know why I didn't take that red flag. I was young then. I didn't know better. Yeah, from everything you're telling me, we should. I'm shocked y'all are here. Yeah, me too. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> when I think back. First of all, it wasn't that crazy. It was that crazy, Brendan. You were like, me and my friends are going. You should come through. I was trying to make you feel relaxed and not like forced onto a date. So I was like, yeah, you just want to chill. I'm low key. Going to this little beer festival in Atlanta, and it wasn't like she was driving up to Megan for a beer fest. At least it's not the way she pitched it. She was like, oh, I'm going to be up there anyways. So she always was like going back and forth. And so she's like, I'll be, I'll be up there anyways. We should hang out. And I said, oh, that's the weekend of beer festival. I'm doing that with my friends. I'd love to have you along as my, <laughs> not what he said. As my date that's at the beer festival. 
And actually, my friends dished me. So I went into the beer festival solo. <laughs> so it was a good. And actually, so I also remember um, when I got to the beer fest, I knew he was already there because he had texted me. And I called him, and that's when I heard his voice for the first time. And I was so scared because I was really nervous that something was going to be off. Like he had a really high pitched voice, or like, um, I don't know. I don't know. But it was super deep and sexy when I heard it on the phone, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I can do this. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Brennan with the deep, sexy voice. <laughs> no, no, I dropped it a few octaves when I first picked up. Right, right, right. Hey, what's up, girl? <laughs> exactly. Oh, but then. Get this. So when we actually saw each other for the first time, he completely ignored me and talked to my friend who was a guy and just talked to him for like 20 minutes about their fraternity. Oh, they, he, he was uh, he was an alpha or. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was just standing there awkwardly like, do you think I'm unattractive? Like, should I'm so glad I brought my friend because. <laughs> of this I didn't foresee that but that was like a possible outcome for the reason why I brought my friend wow did you know the guy or you just recognized that y'all were frat Brendan uh, I, I think, think he had a bracelet yeah so he said something we just started talking and it wasn't 20 minutes obviously but you know she felt ignored so that elongated the time it wasn't that crazy we were just having a normal conversation right 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 yeah. So this, I mean, this first date isn't sounding too great. What led to more dates after this? No, well, the first date was amazing. It just started off a little rough. Oh, okay. Our first date was actually like, what was it, like 14 hours long? From like mid-afternoon until, yeah. So obviously we're at the beer festival, so uh, we were having a great time. They had like 150 beers, so I found something that she would like to drink. Which was so sweet because I hate beer. I hate all kinds of beer. And he like hunted down something that I would like and I did like it. Wow. That's really dope. Also because he did the impossible. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. So he put he put so he showed he was caring and then he he also put you on something new. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. So And Go ahead. He and lots of people there were playing flip cup. And he wanted me to stand by him. This is super cheesy. Don't don't judge me. But he was like, oh, you're like my little good luck charm. But he wasn't too touchy, which I really like because I don't like strangers touching me. Right, right, right. He also wasn't um, inattentive. It was like the perfect middle ground. Okay. Okay, I see you, Buck. I see. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens after Beer Fest? Beer Fest comes to a close. Where do you all go next? Well, actually... A uh, small creep factor. She told somebody at Beer Fest that that we were going to be married someday. No, that's not creepy. That's intuition. Yeah. <laughs> like she, I didn't think. Keep in mind, I didn't really know her. I don't appreciate her putting me really out there like you. that. I'm just. Anyways. All right. So that yeah, that was our first date, and then we ended up like uh, going inside at some point and like slow dancing. There was a live band, and we had our first slow dance to a Tracy Chapman song. He doesn't remember the song because he doesn't care. But that's where we had our first our first kiss. It was really sweet. Uh-huh. Brennan can't dance. <laughs> but it was cute. It was cute. He tried. Yeah. He tried. And then after um, yeah, so that was over there like off of uh, off of Ponce in Atlanta if anyone's familiar and right around the corner is Dugan's a little sports bar. So we ended up going to Dugan's, meeting up with my friends who dished me, met up with them afterwards. And my friend that I brought was still with us. Yeah. Okay. And so we all went there and they were having karaoke night. Okay. And, uh, you know, drinks and karaoke. I'm a, I'm a karaoke connoisseur myself. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, did, did y'all perform together? No. No, we didn't. Uh, I don't really like attention like that. I'm not a karaoke person okay um so is that does is that the 14 hours or is that um was there something after the karaoke well we were at karaoke for a while i guess (laughs) we were like you know hanging out and then decided to kind of walk around see the city a bit 
and a lot. talked a lot. <laughs> and then we went over to Georgia Tech's campus. And uh, yeah, because I had to take her to her car. She parked over there by Georgia Tech's campus. Yeah. And then we just kind of sat in the car and talked for a long time and got to know each other and started having like one of the deep conversations. And I just kind of felt like, you know, after leaving that, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, she, she's special. Wow. Okay. Um. So I guess, uh, has do you feel there's been any, have there been any complications or just anything that's come up in this relationship as a result of meeting on an app that you haven't experienced in other relationships? We're looking at each other right now. <laughs> um, yeah, what kind of complications? I, have, I only have one, <laughs> and it's very minor, and it happened very early. But um, so Brennan had a final interview with the company he works for now <laughs> in Amsterdam. And, um, like he had been texting me all day, like, uh, the interview went really well. I should find out later if I got it or something. And then I was just flipping through Tinder and I saw that his bio changed to your boy got a job in Amsterdam. Like hit me up if you're trying to hang out. And I was like, I was, but, this, but this was before he told me that they actually offered him a job. So all I, all I knew was that. I don't think so. No. Yes. No. Yes. I, because yes. Just, just. <laughs> but they offered me the job on the spot, so why wouldn't I have told you that? I don't remember. That seems weird because they offered me the job on the spot, and I called my mom, and I'm like, when I got back All to the so advice. All I know is that I saw on Tinder that you got the job before you told me you got the job. I don't really remember the other details, but that is the truth. Okay. But I was so mad because I was like, oh, so you're back on Tinder, like trying to meet other people. And, like, you were on Tinder and met me, and, like, that's what happened. So you're trying to do it again in, like, a city knowing you're going to leave me. And that made me feel all sorts of ways. Meanwhile, Rye, remember that she just told you that Tinder was a great place when you're traveling to meet people and have, like, a fun night out. It was my last night in Amsterdam, and I was sitting in a bar talking to some random guy in German because that was the only language we had in common. He doesn't speak German. And I was like... What are we? What am I doing here? Oh, let me open up Tinder and meet some people. But he and, didn't think. Oh, let me open up my phone and text the girl that I've been hanging out with every day that I got this job. Let me just go to Tinder first because that's where my priorities are. So why were you on Tinder? Mm. Thank you. Uh, answer the question. <laughs> why not? Oh. But she caught an attitude, though, right? You see how that no, works. No, it's just deflecting. Deflecting the <laughs> Look, don't let, hey, don't let me break up your happy home, man. Don't. You, trying to meet people off Tinder. But you opened up Tinder with swiping. Oh, you know people just then, mindless swipe. And then got mad that my profile updated. That I was out here. That your boy was yeah, out here. But you were out here. I was not, I was not here. Wow. I was chilling. I was madly in love with you, just waiting for you to text me that you got a job off. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't see any reason why I would not have told you that I got the offer. But anyway, that's the only time that I can think of. So how long between, I guess, you all... Swiping, matching, and, 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 you know, spending time with each other to, like, you're not using Tinder to meet people anymore. But it's not, I mean, you, it sounds like you all still use it, but more so for the meeting up and, and connecting while traveling piece. Yeah, I probably deleted Tinder, like, later that year, but I, you're right. It was more like me not really using it anymore, but just hadn't deleted it. Yeah, same for me. And then whenever I did use it in the future, I always check with them first. It was cool. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's all I had, I guess, about the Tinder piece. Um, any, I guess, any words of wisdom or just anything um, about Tinder you all or, or in your, I guess, meeting on Tinder you all want to share? Hmm. Tinder can have a lot of weirdos. Oh, yeah. I guess it goes without yeah. saying, right? I guess what are some, okay, so what are some warning signs of a weirdo or a catfish on Tinder? The guy has a gun in the photo. Don't go on a date with him. Okay, facts, facts. 
That's horrible, actually. I believe in my first amendment right. <laughs> it's second. Second. Yeah, there we go. Thanks. <laughs> you don't even live here anymore. Do you? I guess you still have that right, but. Um, you know, I, I like I said, the catfish is pretty simple. Like if if a girl's not showing something in a photo, like if her face is half covered up, or you That's notice, not true, it's it's true though. Like wait, it doesn't. I don't mean show anything like sexual. I'm just talking about like imagine her forehead is cut off in every single photo. Obviously, she has a big forehead. If every photo is like a neck up selfie, it's obvious that she's not trying to show you. You know that. She may not be the best of builds. That's not a thing. It is well, a thing. Sometimes. It is a thing. I, good, good, good. I have to agree with Brennan. I, you know. But I'm not bad built, and I didn't have body photos. No, no, wait, no, no. You had, you had full body photos. No, you didn't have. Yeah, you did. The, I did. The photo with you and the guitar, it was like full I was body. sitting down, and the guitar was blocking my body. Like, that's not a. Topic. No, what I mean is, like. If if anything is not being shown, you know your pro your Tinder profiles is where you show yourself off, right? Yeah, you show your your you yeah your photogenics off. So if you're not showing something, then you don't want to show it off. It's pretty straightforward. It's simple, but it, it works. All right. I can't say that uh, I've ever been disappointed finding the love of my life on there. <laughs> so you know, it worked. <laughs> you see how I did that. So, <laughs> you're a smooth operator, man. You're a smooth operator. So, how do you all get to Amsterdam? I mean, we know Brennan got a job. So, you all, how long did you all do the international dating thing? So, what happened was, um, you know, my little shot, it was supposed to come over there originally because we were both in Atlanta. I had gotten a job. She didn't have a job at the time, but she was interviewing, uh, you know, at my company as well. And then I think in about a week's time, like she came over here, flew over here for her final interview, found out she didn't get the job, and then also found out that she had gotten like the perfect dream job or, you know, the best job for her that she had been wanting in Atlanta. So obviously it didn't make sense for me. Like before, I think it wasn't as big a deal because she didn't have a job in Atlanta. Then once she had that mm-hmm. offer, it also you know wasn't on me to be like, nah, don't take that job offer. Come over here because we hadn't been waiting that long. Yet. Right. But also, I think that's a testament to how like quick we felt for each other that I was even thinking about moving to Amsterdam. Yeah. We had been dating <laughs> since the summer. He got a job offer in October. Well, I started working in October, and we had been dating since June. Four months. So I just, I just also want to state that Brennan and I were actually about to, uh, we were, we were apartment hunting together. We were supposed to be uh-huh. roommates, and then he goes, "Oh yeah, so I applied for this job thinking it was here, but it's in Amsterdam." <laughs> Oh, so so yeah, that's the that's the other thing too. I didn't realize the job was in Amsterdam at first. I think I got to the point where I was looking for a certain type of job. I was just sending in the application, and then uh, I was riding with my mom in the car, and I got that call from the recruiter. And he was talking about Amsterdam. I was like, what? So what? you know, but I played along, realized that you know the job was lit. Went back after the call, went back to look at that job description. And it's like, oh yeah, I can't, I can't pass up on this. This is nice. So, so uh, Ari, when did you move to Amsterdam? With um, um, after we did long distance for about a year and a half. So, it was longer than that. No, okay. it wasn't. Nope. Basically, I I was getting a little frustrated at my job. It was two years. It wasn't two years. I'm saying before we proceed, let's agree that it was two years. In October. You moved over here in August. July. <sighs> Bro, it was like July 31st. <laughs> I moved over here in end of September. It was like two years. Alright, sorry. Mute point. Uh continue Mute on. Point. <laughs> continue Mute on. Mute point. Um, I forgot what I was saying. When did you when did you move over here? Um last summer. 
Last summer? So summer 2017. 2016. It's not been, so two, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's been a year and a okay. half now. But um, it took me a while to want to move here on my own terms because I felt like I was going to have to give up a really nice job, a lot of money, a job where I got to travel a lot, my family. Um, and I just kind of didn't want to do that just willy-nilly. So it was a tough choice. But eventually I started getting to the point where I was getting frustrated with my job and I was starting to kind of job hunt. Um, so I thought that might be a good time. And actually the deciding factor came when I was here. So I had visited Amsterdam four times before I moved here. And the last mm -hmm. time that I was visiting here, I went to a career workshop because I had been applying to jobs before I um, officially decided to move here. But I kept getting the same response, you know, like as soon as you're over here, let us know. And then we'll talk about um, the hiring process. But until I moved, no one was really interested in talking to me. So when I was here, They didn't want to pay for that relocation. Yeah, basically, because I was applying to um, like smaller market research agencies instead of big corporations like where Brennan works. Um, but basically I went to a career workshop the last time I was here and one of my big hangups was that his company does, has a really good partner program. So they match partners with jobs, but I felt like it was very, like it was almost for like, not housewives, but people who didn't have like definite career plans. It was kind of like they would just take a customer service job to make some, some extra money. And that kind of wasn't for me. Um, so I just had it in my head that uh, the people who move here and get placed in booking just, I don't know. That was her perception. That was my perception. So when I was right. here, I went to the career workshop, and the other women in the group who were also booking partners were so incredible. They had masters in architecture, um, mathematics. One was a teacher. And I was like, oh, they're like people like me who are – kind of stuck in limbo in Amsterdam, still looking for jobs, but they're all really happy. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the moment I was like, I can do this too. And then I went home okay. told my, my boss that I was going to leave, started setting things up, booked the flight, ended my lease, all that good stuff. Wow. So what is your life? What has you all's life been like in Amsterdam? Um, you know, I think uh, I think that's very, I, I, you know, outside of just meeting on Tinder, I just think it's it's it's, you know, dope that you all are in another country, you know, just kind of living and, and chilling and doing your own thing. So my first like her first week or whatever here, I thought that it was the idea of me leaving home, leaving work. And like five minutes later, I live like a bike ride from the office. Right. And five minutes later, being home and right. being with my girl, I was like, "Oh, this is crazy." I was like, "This is what people do it." So that was that was dope. So I just thought that it was. I, I used to just love that I was able to switch so so easily and so fast. Whereas you know before it would be me coming home or just kind of taking my time to come home. I don't know, spending ridiculous amounts of time in the grocery store shopping or staying at work late just kind of browsing the internet after i was done working you know kind of waiting for Ari to get offline or maybe i go mm -hmm. home and do some music or read but it was just kind of a slower life so it was actually kind of nice to have you know, a partner with you yeah for me it felt like a permanent vacation because okay. like i said i came over here unemployed so i just had all the time in the day to explore the city try to learn some dutch go to museums, go shopping. So that was fun. What is, um, how, culturally, how, you know, like, what are some of the differences about living and working in Amsterdam opposed to, uh, you know, America? Well, in terms of working, it's definitely more chill. Um, yeah, U.S., the states in general are, like, ultra competitive. So there's definitely competition, I think, in the workplace here, but it's just different. It's not like you're going to be battling with your coworker to who's going to stay the latest or who's going to get the most overtime and trying to compete for those, you know, uh, who's going to like only one of us is going to get the promotion. Who's going to get it? Right. I got to prove to the boss I got to get in early, right. stay late and kind of earn my stripes. I didn't really feel any of that. It was like I come into the office normal time. I need to be as good as good like 
as my at my job as I can be while I'm there. But then once that clock ticks, like people got other lives outside of work, so everyone's leaving, you know. Uh, and so I really like mm-hmm. that. Like I felt like I had my hobbies, you know. I picked up photography since I've been over here. I picked up like uh, DJing, all types of stuff because I just felt like I had time and I had that balance. Whereas I know a lot of other folks in you know in my industry, you know, they grinded like really, really grinded back back home. So I think that's just different. Yeah, yeah. More chill. I'm trying to think. Anything else you want to share about just being an expat and, and the quality of life in Amsterdam? Being an expat is interesting, man, because like on the vacation tip, you are kind of in limbo between cultures, which I think being an African-American where you are like, you know, on the margins of society in the U.S. is really, really nice over here. Like... I'm not sure everybody fully understands why that's the case. Because when I talk to a lot of other black expats, they talk about, man, I love it over here. I love it over here. It's so much better than America. And sometimes I feel like they kind of miss it. It's not, they miss the point a bit. Like, it's not like it's better than America, but we don't have to deal with society over here. And we don't really have to deal with society back home. So we really, you really are just kind of living in vacation. You know what I mean? I'm not really sure if you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean is, like, I don't read the Dutch news. I have no idea what's going on. So, like, if someone is protesting, like, unfair rights or, like, police violence against, uh, you know, police brutality, I wouldn't know none of that. So none of that stress affects me. I literally go home. I go to work. I come home. You know, I'm, like on Netflix or TV or maybe watching some sports highlights. I'm talking with my friends. We're going out to restaurants or stuff, but it's not like we're really in the Dutch culture. So we don't, I feel like we don't experience the uh, marginalization that a lot of black Dutch folks might be, might experience, right? Like maybe if I was raising a family here and then I would start to see, oh, wait a second, actually, Getting access to a good school might be, uh, I don't know, then I, might, I might start to actually experience society a bit more, be a bit more integrated. But okay. I don't know if I agree. Well, not that there's to disagree, but I have a different experience. Like I'm in grad school, like I said, it's sociology, and I hear ignorant, racist comments daily. Um, oh, wow. And I definitely feel marginalized at school. I feel like um, my teachers will say something racist and you try to point out how they, how what they said is problematic or wrong and they just push back and they say, no, you don't matter. What you're saying doesn't matter. And I think the, the most explicit racial thing I've seen since I've been here is, is Bart to Pete. Um, it's this, little black caricature he's santa's um his little elf and dutch people dress up in blackface and they paint yeah. like big and red and they wear these big afro wigs and um they just act like buffoons and it's so racist and every single year um people protest that Svartipede is racist and every year dutch people get really upset that people try to take their traditions away and we spend so much time in school, like talking about the history of Dutch colonialism and the history of Swartz Pete. And um, but this is where, ex- I, but this is where I feel like being an expat is like vacation, because with that doesn't have the same impact on you as it will on a Dutch person. It does impact me though, because if I leave my house and I see someone in blackface, like making monkey noises, like that affects me. But have you ever seen that? I've seen it on the internet. Well, that's what I mean to say. I've actually never, I, because I think because I'm so far removed from like, I know that I'm talking about personal experience. So this is why I mean to say like expat is like exterior to society in a lot of nor- in a lot of different uh, countries uh, because I know it's going on and I know it's happening, but I've never actually experienced directly because I'm in this weird position of not really being integrated in Dutch society. So why everyone is celebrating Santa Claus when the when the blackface comes out, I'm not because I'm not Dutch. Yeah. 
So I've never actually seen the protests. I've never seen the spark, the, the black face, the spark to Pete, what they call them, uh, or black Peter in English. So I mm-hmm. think in general, I would say that that's kind of a trend or like a theme in expat life, that there's a lot of stuff going on around you that obviously can still affect you, but it just, yeah, it just doesn't. But I also think that makes being a, living as an expat pretty nice, especially when you're coming from, you know, being black in America. I mean, but to Ari's point, the way she was talking about how the Dutch get upset about, you know, telling them that's racist is the same way, you know, white Americans get upset. We're getting upset about the Confederate statues and all that, you know, our heritage. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same everywhere. Like, Black people are treated the same all over the world. There's racism everywhere. It's no different over here in the Netherlands. What is a bit different, though, is that I would say racism isn't like as life or death as it is in a lot of like in a lot of cases in the U.S. Right? You don't have the we don't have the same culture of violence over here, so it still impacts people's lives. It still leads to like classism and poverty and disadvantages, uh, you know, in education, et cetera, et cetera. You still have institutional racism. Yeah. It's not any better. But you also don't have this sort of sense of life and death that comes with racism and being oh. black in America, at least from my experience. But again, I'm exterior to society a bit, so I can't really comment on what it's like at all to be uh, a black Dutch person. I can only comment what it's like to be a black expat, you know, in the Netherlands. Um... That's really all I have. Anything? Well, oh, actually, like being an expat and you know living so far away, how do you deal with like missing out on your family? Do you all travel here often for holidays, or like you know, I'm sure your friends are starting to get married. Like, what's I guess what's that like managing those things? None of my friends are getting married. No, so my friends are getting married. That's that is a that is a tough one, man. I can say I think it's not so bad now that I got uh, Ariana here with me. But I feel like yeah. before, like those first two years, I was always kind of just seeing my friends in the states and kind of feeling like I was missing out a bit, you know. Twenties mm-hmm. are a nice a nice time, man. Everyone's getting jobs, everyone's turning up, people falling in love, getting married, having babies. And so you miss out on a lot of that. You know, like you yeah. know, one of my best friends in DC, I was supposed to be uh his son's godfather, but I just couldn't because I never come around. Dang, he revoked your uh your <laughs> snatched the right, you're not let me see what type of godfather won't uh, be here. But I used to travel home a lot when we were doing long distance, and now I don't anymore. And it is hard. Yeah, for me, I'm pretty close to my my parents and my sister and my grandmother who lives with us. Um, and I call I used to call them a lot more than I do now. I need to do better. Yeah. But I call them multiple times a week. And Skype them. Have your has your family ever visited you all over there? My sister came last year. Brennan's parents came that was at the a, end of last year, which was huge. That was a big ordeal. We've been trying to get them to come over here for three years. Oh wow! Yeah, my parents. What made them finally come? Well, I guess they realized when Ari moved over here that I wasn't just about to move back home anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess all of the other visits before that, they were like, "Oh, we'll be back around sooner or later," and. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a good little. And then I guess the year before that, I didn't come home for Christmas. So that was the first year I didn't come home for Christmas. And I think when I did that, they were like, "Man, we really gotta get over there to see this boy." So, <laughs> so that worked out. I guess I won't do it again though. There were some negative repercussions to not coming home for Christmas. What happened? I don't know. My mom just called me and was like. Don't do that again. But she said it in such a <laughs> such a real like way that it hurt. <laughs> um. So that's all I have um, for my interview. Uh, is that, this has been dope? I think it's just been dope to talk about some of the strategy of of Tinder. Um, 
you know, you all's story was was fun. And then, you know, talking about the expat piece, I think this has been uh, very interesting. I'm I'm sure our audience will will enjoy it and get something out of this. Um, Anything else you all want to share with them before we uh, we get out of here? Well, I do want to say that I am uh, expanding my services as a tender consultant. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I do this part time in Amsterdam. When we're out, you know, with the with friends at bars, I have to open up a Tinder application and I I critique and and manage the profile. So all I'm saying is, you know, people out there, if you're listening, you need some help executing on Tinder. You have a success story right here. So these what are just yeah. a success story. We can call it success oh, then. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Back it up. <laughs> Anyone out there look, looking, you know, to see the success that we've seen, then please reach out. Um, I don't know what's the ch- comment comment on uh, you know on SoundCloud or Instagram or at me. I got you. We gonna we gonna help you through this moment in your life. We'll uh, we'll drop your uh, your social medias in the uh, in the description. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just out here trying to see people. I'm trying to see people in love, you know? Yeah. Ari, anything to say? Any? Sorry, guys. I have no nuggets of wisdom. But actually, I have heard that a lot more people are in relationships because of Tinder than in the past. Like, it used to be a rare thing, and I think it's not so rare anymore. Yeah, I meet Tinder all the time now. So I have hope. But- all right guys well this has been another episode of oh my grown thank you for tuning in uh once again remember to uh you know share the podcast with your friends um leave a review um ari and brendan i I know y'all talked about starting a podcast maybe be on the lookout for that we'll we'll shout them out once they get going um but uh you know have a good night and uh we'll see you all next week